Have you had a pit lane accident at work? From faulty brakes to a colleague's inattention, whatever has caused your injury, Jackman Legal could get compensation for you. One simple call to the experts at Jackman Legal could net you a cash... Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. He's Richard. Hello. He's Zog. Hello. I'm Gareth, and I don't really speak much Spanish. Did you see the Spanish Grand Prix, boys? Did you enjoy that? Si. Oh, very good. Is that that's yeah? Yes. Yeah, it is. It is now. Did you enjoy it, Richard? Um. Correct. Dos. Yeah, right. I didn't. It happens it was every. A bit dull, wasn't it? Was a bit dull. I don't know any Spanish. Dos cervezas, por favor. That's all you need to know. And what my mate C, who thinks he can speak foreign languages but can't, told me to say when you want two more beers, dos otros por favor, which turns that's out a, to be wrong. That's two other beers. That's two others, yes. Yeah, it's, two it's, others. It sounds, sounds yeah. weird, but it worked. I have managed to get two other beers. <laughs> but they were different it, but, to the brand yeah. you've been drinking previously. Yeah, but it's yeah, weird, yeah. two other types of beers. <laughs> The Barcelona Grand Prix every year. People say, oh, there's no overtaking at the Barcelona Grand Prix, but I have to disagree. There is a fine example of overtaking every year at the Spanish Grand Prix at Circuit de Catalunya. It is where our hopes for action on track are overtaken by the reality of a processional race. It doesn't give the best racing, that circuit, for all its medium-speed glory, does it? It does tend to be a bit of a dull one. Somebody phoned me in the latter part of the race, and I wasn't actually sufficiently engaged in the race to say, could you call back in an hour, you know? So I spent a good quarter of an hour towards the end of the race chatting away. And Was that Nico Hulkenberg actually phoned you from the race for a chat? Probably. But I- he was pretty unengaged himself, I think, at that point. It was Jensen Button, you know, he's having one of those relaxed <laughs> moments always very relaxed always seems like oh, doesn't do it. very relaxed he was a bit less relaxed this weekend so there was a bit of, of that narkiness of that, on the uh, radio yeah a bit scary this time Alonso arrived in the pits with no front brakes because they'd worn out because the rear energy recovery system which would be doing some retardation failed to work so his front brakes have been overworked and given up terrifying it's a comedy of errors it was a bad week to be a front jack operator yeah. Bad year to be in a McLaren Honda too, yeah? I don't get that. Well, I do get that. They're just having a bad time of it. But that, they said it was caused by a tear-off. So it was a piece of bad luck. It wasn't some kind of failing. I hadn't heard that. What? Causing it to overheat and shatter or something? It made something overheat. I don't know what overheat. Right. But what I liked was during the race, we saw that thing with Alonso and then they retired him and brake problems. Several laps went by and then we heard the radio transmission that went, yeah, Jensen, uh, Fernando's a problem, won't affect us. For those laps, he'd been going around going, yeah, guys, uh, my, my brake's going to be okay. Any, any, any further indications? Well, can I imagine he was Can anyway. I use the brake pedal? Is yeah. That okay? Just, you know, just phoning in again. It's Tell me, you what uh, bit of this Jensen, car I just, can Yeah, use. just wondering, are my brakes about to give out at any moment, sending me hurtling into a wall? And eventually they were able to say, that's all fine. A one-off piece of bad luck, but not a one-off piece of bad luck because bad luck because just seems bad to follow is, McLaren yes. around like the smell of that Honda engine not working properly again. Yeah, well, you still have the bad luck of being stuck in a painfully slow McLaren Honda. I um, thought, you know, that, it's, it's, joking they're aside, going to get about, it right, they but are, it is yeah, taking yeah, I'm sure they are. But the engine is obviously the main problem because I sort of got the feeling from different things that have been said that actually the chassis was believed to be pretty good, and there's a lot of clever packaging within it. They just yeah. need to get it all working properly. 
But then and Button's complaining about the handling and saying he's sort of getting understeer and oversteer and a new kind of steer that no one's ever experienced before, but <laughs> it's even worse. And you think, well, that sounds like the chassis doesn't work properly either. Certainly not that circuit. I don't know what's going on. There's yeah, some, but, well, they've got some problem with their aero or their actual suspension. I don't know. Well, I think they said, I can't remember who said it, but someone at McLaren had said that there's a knock-on effect from the engine problems that are affecting what they can do with the chassis, essentially. Oh, okay. So, so, so the, literally the something's that, knocking against something else. I mean, I, I, it's very I don't, tightly I don't packaged. Know. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. Oh, and we haven't even mentioned the new colour scheme either. I got like it, actually. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's right. right. The old like one it. looked all right yeah. as well. It's yeah. sort of, it rather prefer, defies that I've old adage. Before. It was, you know that motorsport adage if something looks good, it probably is. That they, if, it was, mm. if it looks fast, it is. It probably yeah. is. Yeah, I reckon. But then there's also the saying that if something is fast, it suddenly looks better. That's true. A car. Well, I reckon the whole paint scheme thing is actually example of magicians misdirection at the moment it's like oh yes look at our paint scheme no no don't mention the engine they're trying to misguide us into thinking about some other aspect and we well, like the color the graphite what i don't quite get is they have supposedly saved about two kilos of weight by changing the paint, is that right? which is an interesting echo of old yeah, style yeah. silver arrows. So, yeah. you know, and back in the 1930s, supposedly when Mercedes were overweight for a race, they came up with the idea of just stripping all the paint off the cars, which saved enough weight to get them just under the limit, and they were okay. So this has echoes of that famous. Event. What was heavy but in the old one then? Silver paint. It was you know than... any paint weighs something. Yeah, and if you've got metal painted with silver paint, the cars aren't going to look that different if you. You just strip off the paint and get down to the bare aluminium. No, but um, on the new one, on the current on the McLaren new... I'm talking about, why is it lighter because to do it Because the previous one had the metallic flake in it. That silver oh, that they had, yeah. the chrome, had metallic oh, flake in it. Right. It was so... like a 1970s bugle dune buggy, really. Yeah. But the question I have is, and I totally see how changing paint could save a bit of weight. Yeah, that's why they don't paint but the But why does it, is paint. it really making, I mean, they have to work within the weight limits of that the regulations lay lay down Mm -hmm. is taking two kilos off sort of i suppose roughly the center of the body Mm. on average is that really making enough difference to the way they can distribute weight because that's what it that's where they're going that's where that's where they're going to get the benefit is in distributing the weight differently paint Mm. it back because it's making the car handle weird it was set up to be flaky silver (laughs) now it's not is that true about the shuttle tank because i remember when the shuttle was originally flying wasn't the middle tank white yeah that's correct it looked rather snazzy and then they suddenly went oh we're going to do this kind of the external tank was painted white i think for the first two shuttle launches columbia and then from sts3 onwards they didn't bother painting it they left it that oxidizing orange saving so much fuel that the shuttle could carry an yeah, extra yeah. 200 kilograms to orbit oh, so can you well, imagine painting because the effect thing. of weight you know particularly you know at, at the moment of takeoff any weight you can save at that point mm. is significant really anyway we yes. digress Poor but, McLaren. But the McLaren thing is it's sad but did you see in practice also nothing to do with McLaren but talking about extreme engineering Maldonado's rear end of his Lotus exploded in practice did you see that that was mm. quite taken, but you know the thing that was great about that you know, and there's not usually anything great about bits of cars exploding but nobody was hurt so it's yeah. okay well, yeah. but you've got a sense of just how much force is being applied yeah to things through the aerodynamics at high speed on an F1 car. You know, the way that the bodywork at the back in a moment 
tore itself apart and yeah. scattered. I used to work in a quarry, in a laboratory in a quarry in North Wales a long time ago. And in a quarry, you have all these sort of industrial equipment, high-pressure air hose being one. I remember being given this briefing when I was 18 years old, fresh out of school. With a high-pressure air hose, right, don't mess with it. Don't ever spray it at someone. If you squirt it at someone, if you've got a cut in your skin, it'll rip that cut open. Air will get underneath. It'll do. You know, well, it, if you get air bubbles in your bloodstream, that could be a yeah, very bad thing. In eyelids, so. it'll pop eyes oh. out. You know, don't chase someone around the backside with it. That, that'll really. No, don't don't you, any Lord, you could inflate yeah. one of your colleagues. You could horribly, oh. and, and that's. Exactly what you're talking about here, the level of air pressure ducted over the careful aerodynamic management of stuff mm. got in under where it wasn't supposed to be at the rear of Maldonado's Lotus and just literally exploded it like a brown paper bag going over a compressed air hose. It was spectacular, terrifying and bizarre. What and did then, you do with a high-pressure airline then in a quarry? What was it meant for? Not mucking around? Not obviously. mucking around with cleaning stuff off and inflating oh. tyres and, uh, oh, and, and, okay. dri- and driving equipment that used a gas air oh, supply. Okay. Uh, uh, Did you ever do oh, it? Yes, I shouldn't like, have done with it. No, no, no. A balloon. no. <laughs> really fast. Balloon. Really fast, yeah. Did. But I, I'll tell you another story about vehicles in the quarry, but that's for another chat, another day. But I saw that Lotus explode on there, and I saw the word Lotus written all over that car. And I thought, I wonder, has anyone from Hethel ever been to Endstone? Mm. Really? Ever mm. even been there to sign a document to say you call yourselves Lotus if you want? And then it occurred to me that Endstone was the perfect name for the next road going Lotus if they want to build the, the Lotus Endstone. Ah, makes perfect sense. Oh, hey, by yeah. the way, I'll tell you this. Mm. Why didn't you call the Exige Ethel without the H? <laughs> the Ethel. <laughs> it's a yeah, very Norfolk uh, name. Ethel. Come on, tell uh, me quickly. No, Bob. I'll tell you really quickly. No, yeah. uh, I've been writing Sniff Petrol website for 14 years. Boy. And never in that time has a car maker ever asked me to pull a story. You know, they've always rolled with the punches and gone, yeah, fair play, you know, you'll be having a go at someone else tomorrow or next week. Hmm. All that changed this week. What I did was you do? Asked to remove a story Uh-oh. politely, Uh-oh. but firmly. Would you mind taking this down? Is there any way you could drop this story? We Wh- think it's unfair. Which story? Well, it was about Lotus. <sighs> so you can guess who asked me to pull it down. No. I know. For shame. Mm. For shame on Lotus. Yeah. No. Always been fantastic. I have to I say, my experience. Bit sensitive, I think, because oh. I compared the new management with the old management and Danny Baha, and they thought that was quote unquote quote unfair and um, oh and they said would you be able to take the story down and I said no I'm sorry I can't yeah because so, you can't there you it's go been said. so you know hmm. just to reiterate if you're listening though just sod off <laughs> hi everyone welcome to stress counselling as usual I'll be going round the room and asking everyone to say one thing that's causing them stress this week Kevin why don't you start well uh I just feel that, you know, maybe I, I just don't have control of my life and that there's just no point to it. Kevin, there is a point to your life. Remember, you have hope. Juliet, you next. Well, this week, I guess I feel like I just don't get on with people or they don't get on with me. Juliet, you do get on with people. Just remember, you have hope. Okay, uh, who's next? Fernando. Okay, well, my stress is the same as last week. It's my new job. You know, I've been doing it for a few months and it's just not going well. 
And I think maybe I have made a very stupid choice. Fernando, you have made a stupid choice. Remember, you have no hope. I thought you were supposed to be encouraging. Encouraging, yes, but I'm not going to lie to you. Is your friend Jensen coming this week? No, he's got a sore throat. As usual. Step Petrol! We got a show done speed! Do you know what? My oldest son, number one son, he's 14 now. He's nearly 15, so I decided to give him a name. I think it's meant to he had a proper name. He's, Good idea. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah I'm, he, I'm tired of calling him thing. Yeah, he's called Tycho. That's oh, what we decided okay. to call That's him. Good. Tycho had a remarkable observation about Formula One the other day. Watching the start gave him inspiration. He said, you know how Formula E is kind of exciting at the moment because you don't know who's going to make it through the last lap, right? You just don't know, and that helps the excitement. They could do the same with Formula One if, when they started the race... The teams didn't know exactly how many laps they had to do. Exactly how many laps they had to do. You know when the lights go on at the beginning, they come on and they stay on for, what is it, between three and five seconds mm. or something like that? And you mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah. They're going to go at some point. It's randomized by a computer, isn't it? A computer. That's right, yeah. yeah. And so why not, when they start the race, they'll say to the teams, guys, you're going to have between... 53 and 58 laps. Now, you gamble on how much fuel you put in if you want. The lighter you'll run, the more chance you'll have of winning. Why is it not a good idea? Mm-hmm. Because if you introduce that element of chance, that element of encouraging people to take a chance on something, roll the dice, you're then reducing the extent to which the sport is what it aspires to be, this area of motorsport where everything is done as well as it can possibly be done. You've got the best drivers, the best technology, everything is tuned up and refined to the max. And that means your fuel calculations as well. Yeah. You know, you want to get fuel just right, rather than a bunch of clowns who I are just guessing how many laps they had to run. Do you know what? Your best guess? Yeah, about 100 litres will do it. There's kind of fuel-saving tactics that go on anyway. Yeah. Drive me nuts. I was thinking they should be balls to the wall the whole time. It's, it's, I know, it's, it's not like it's part a new of the thing. You know, I just take that, kind of, you hear the radio message and you go, okay, you know, just stick it in top gear and then just cruise around like a bloody minicab for a bit. It doesn't feel like that's what racing should be. And this just seems to encourage it. What I wouldn't mind, though, maybe if it was some kind of wildcard thing, because a friend of mine who's in the army told me about this when he was doing his training, you would do a sort of 20-kilometre yomp across sodden moorland in the pouring rain with a half-ton backpack on. And, you and would, somebody shouting at you. Somebody shouting at you. Invariably, he, he, they have a yeah. moustache, which he, makes their shouting more intense. Oh, he was in the Girl Guides. That's right. Mm. And you get to the lorry that's the finish point, and just as you're approaching it as a pack, you know, doing all that stuff yeah. on approach. I don't think they really do that. No, I think they do. In a Marmite advert. Yeah. Uh, and then just as you get to it, it drives off. No! And it'll drive then for another mile across the moorland. That's military humour. I know. No, it's not even humour. That's just because it is all yeah, about yeah. this kind of thing. It's just teaching you that just yeah. when you think it's yeah. over, it's not over. Because oh. war doesn't go, okay, that's it. It's yeah. done. Yeah. Six o'clock, uh, we're going to knock off yeah. now, lads. No yeah. more fighting. <laughs> Incredibly unionised war. Yeah. <laughs> British Leyland at war. All right, everybody out <laughs> of the trenches. What are the Germans doing? They're keeping on working. That's a bit weird. Because one day they'll probably be doing that in their factories as well the bloody idiots ah <laughs> oh, no we've closed down <laughs> although of course you do occasionally get that thing where 
people do take advantage of when they know people aren't going to be keen on fighting because it's a holiday. But yes. Yom Kippur. Yeah. 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 Or Christmas Day. Yeah. In Very the trenches, popular. Famously. Yeah. Or, or, game of football. So. We carry on with your actually much more sensible point. Just do that. Some races just go. No. Oh, what do you think you're doing? Stop slowing down. That's not a checkered flag. We've just decided to tack another couple of laps onto this because yeah. it was getting interesting. I wouldn't yeah. mind that so much. So Everyone's I, enjoying this race. We're going to have another 10 yeah. laps of it. But then also they Better. could end it early. I mean, that Spanish Grand Prix, I'll be honest, because I had to get yeah, ready. We were yeah, going up to yeah. the BAFTAs who get us. And I needed to get changed to put my black tie on. And I was thinking, oh, God, I wish they just wrap this up. I think we know who's going to win. Let's just pff, yeah, finish yeah. it now. Yeah, yeah. I think it was pretty obvious. Tycho's other idea was equally good, I think. It's a good idea. There are flaws in it, but it's worth discussion. That's interesting enough. But his other idea was that, that you know, there's like a seven-second gap between the front of the field at the moment and the back of the field. Why not, after qualifying, why don't they change the fuel flow rate for the teams at the back of the grid? So if you're in the top third you're allowed a certain amount of fuel per second if you're in the middle section of the grid you get a certain plus a little bit more and at the back even more and that will bring the whole grid further together now strategy you're then rewarding people for doing worse than qualifying and that's not a good thing so the answer is to be better in the middle you know you just be perfectly naught in the middle and try and win the race from there with the most efficient car yeah well that's the thing then you get that tactic of going oh could you just be a average yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know what they do in GP2. Any qualifying formula that encourages people to do anything other than go out and do the quickest lap they can mm. is wrong. Mm. Yeah. Have you seen what they do in GP2? You know, the, the grid is decided. I don't think anyone's the... seen what they do in GP2. <laughs> Not <laughs> even the drivers. That's the problem with GP2. Here's the problem. The top eight finishing results, they swap it for the start. The guy who finished eighth starts on pole. Mm. And the guy who's finished on pole starts eighth. That mixes up a championship for me. I think that's a bit severe, that is. It's not tightening up the grid. It's completely reversing it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think people have suggested that from time to time in F1, but it never gets very mm. far. Well, um, you're eighth, I mean, I but do you want to stick with eighth? Or do you want to gamble everything for poll yeah. on the following question? What is the capital of Peru? Uh, yes, uh, Lima. Yeah, well, exactly. I suppose you Peru. get half a second. Yeah. Though, I am after all a Peruvian driver, so I should have got that one. But thanks, anyway. But so, no, they so could do that. It's so a very game show. You get a element. Saturday night game show along yeah. with the Grand Prix. Well, I mean, yeah, lots of people watch Saturday night game shows. Bernie seems to be obsessed with making sure that he maximises the audience for Formula One, yeah. draws in new people. Why not do that? Just some kind of uh, singing competition. It's a crazy Really? What, motorsport? It's got talent, is that what you're suggesting? I'm just talking rubbish. Good. That's what I, we... I don't believe any of these things, but I don't know. I mean, if they're looking for stuff, they mix it up a bit. There's always like that reverse grid and things like that yeah. that they do in various formulas and things. I don't know. I mean, again, it's sort of you're being punished for being the best in a weird way. I know it does make it more interesting for fans, potentially, and let's be honest, well, that should be priority, but it does seem like, for a racing driver's point of view, you just go, what? But I think the reverse grid thing only really works when you've got two races on the same day or yeah. two races on the same yeah, weekend, yeah. Mm-hmm. and your second race starting positions are a reverse grid of the results from the first race. Yeah. I think, for me, that's the only time it really works. But in terms of the Barcelona Grand Prix, what do we feel about Nick actually won this one? Yeah. He put one over on, on Lewis. Is that going to be the start of his substantial challenge this year? Is it reset for Nico or is it I don't to- think it is I think there's something that we don't know about the state of the engines of the two cars I think Lewis is consistently quicker than Nico but sometimes you've got a car with an engine that's at the end of its mileage cycle and maybe Nico had a car which engine which they didn't have to throttle down a little bit. I'm not talking conspiracy mm. here. I'm talking for logical explanations as to why Lewis apparently lost some speed. 
you know, there has to be a rational scientific engineering explanation for it because Lewis is quicker than Nico. He uh, yeah, he is. is, but also Nico on his day, when he gets it all right, he's terrific. And, he and, is, and yeah. I think that was just one of those races where he had it all together, he had his head on properly, the car was right, and he started on pole. And he wasn't troubled by anything, he didn't make any mistakes. And mm. so Lewis partly because he had Vettel in the way for so long, couldn't catch him. I like that, again, a little window into the racing driver's mind, that point at which Hamilton was sort of... He so he's like 20 seconds behind, and there were only 20 laps to go, I think. If something like that, basically, we'd have to make up a second a lap at mm. that point. And he was on the radio going, is it possible? Is it possible? Is mm. it going to be possible? It's like he wants mm-hmm. to know the odds, but, you know, he could sort of sit there at home going... Pretty sure that's impossible, but I like the fact that you're because the engineer was yeah. sort of going, Yeah, it's probably it's not, it's yeah. not looking possible, it's probably not possible. But that's the thing, any scintilla of doubt. And Hamilton was like, Is it possible? Uh, if he'd gone, Well, you mate, know, if there's a miracle, that's all I need, yeah. then he just and, he's, and he might have gone to the board, but, and yeah, it, which is good because he was sounding a bit more rattled earlier on, yeah. But honestly, in a world where we didn't have fuel saving and engine saving and things like that, the engineer just go. Mate, knock yourself out. Go on, have a go. Have a go. See what happens. And just to watch Hamilton driving mm. out of his skin to try and take on Rosberg. Because not only he's got to catch him, when he gets there, he's, he's got to go past yeah. him. And it would have been immense if it had mm. happened. But no, they went, oh, do you know what? Look after the engine. Oh, don't wear the tyres out. They're quite you expensive. You see, that's all right. I don't <laughs> mind that too much because in historical motor racing, you know, the days of the Grand Prix, having to manage your tyres to get through the race was part of it. To just occasionally throttle back your big D50 Lancia, that sort of thing has always been part of it. Well, it and has, but in the old days, you used to have to manage your diet so you didn't get scurvy. I mean, it doesn't mean it was good, does it? We can move on from these things. Hello, sir. Welcome to Avert's Car Rental. Do you have a reservation with us? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, you do or no, you don't? Yeah, no, uh, I, I do have a reservation. It's in the name of uh, Christian Horner. Great, let's see. Uh, oh, yes, Mr Horner, that booking is on the system, and today we have for you a Renault. Yeah, no, I don't want a Renault. Um, well, I'm afraid that's the car that's been allocated. Yeah, no, that's a totally uncompetitive choice. I want an Audi. I'm very sorry, sir, but we can't confirm an Audi at the moment. But you have an existing booking, which is a Renault. Yeah, no, if you don't get me an Audi, I'm quitting this whole thing. Sir, are you sure? Yeah, no. Or are you just saying that as a threat in the hope that it will make the Renault better? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, no. Which is it? Uh, Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. Right, well, there is another option, Mr Horner. You could take this Infinity. No. Everyone always says that. Gareth Jones on speed. Forgive me for openly directing us towards a bit of Formula One product placement. But do you notice that this like talking about a Lotus a lot this week, that Lotus had Mad Max written on the side. Did you yeah, see that? there's there. Unusually a film advertised it does happen. Batman was the last one, was it? Toyota did Batman. Red Bull have had Superman-related things as yeah. well, haven't oh, they? Yeah, Do you remember? Right, yeah. 
But they've built it all. There is a car in the new Mad Max movie that's a sort of a Formula One car. Have you seen it? It's got all the proportions of a Mm. contemporary, this year, last year, F1 car. But it's sort of made out of... Archaos steel and tractor wheels. It actually a, looks a, a bit more ground clearance, I'm yeah. guessing, mm. to deal with. Yes, yeah, in the film, or did they just make that as I'm a not tie-in? Sure. I thought they just built it as a tie-in did with the they? Lotus thing. I could be wrong because I think the cars from the film are all based on cars. There's a Cadillac one, and there's right. a. Thing. I saw some stills mm. of it. Mm. There's a lot of quite big stuff in that. Yeah. Just, little... But they put Maldonado in the car for a photo opportunity. You know? <laughs> it's kind of digging his own grave, isn't it? Because yeah. all the comments <laughs> on social media were, there you go, that's yeah. the sort of car he needs to survive yeah. a race. He Must pulled his car apart on the race. How did he do that? Do you, do Still you... can't figure out how he damaged that bit of the car. What's, what? Ow. He's clearly a genius. I love Unless, it. But again, the flexing of that wing again yeah. showed you something about how much force is going into those things. Do you think mm. maybe it was minutely damaged by the exploding engine cover? Or ah, something? it's possible. We can buy it. No, no, because it sort of exploded off and you could imagine bits hitting almost mm. any of the rear wing. But what we really should talk about was something I heard sniffing around today. There are some... Rumours, no more than that, allegations that a couple of teams are sidestepping the fuel flow rules. You know, this whole fuel flow Mm. thing that we're talking about a moment ago. That in order to never go over their limited fuel rate, they have an additional tank of fuel, which after the first couple of laps tops up and is a separate feed into the engine, which bypasses the... (laughs) Is that what it is? I've heard they were doing something clever with basically the way that the pressure sort of changes down the fuel line, mm. if you like. I don't know. I don't know either. But I hadn't heard about another tank, but what I'd heard... It's There's like a thing, mode. Basically, if you take a really simple case, if you've got a tube and you're forcing liquid under pressure down it, if you suddenly increase the pressure at one end, the pressure at the other end doesn't increase straight away. It takes a while for yeah, that yeah. pressure increase to get down there, particularly if in the way you've got all sorts of components and bends and bits and maybe pumps and meters and whatever... And it's some trick to do with the way that changes in pressure in the system make their way from one bit to the other that they're exploiting. Are they opening up a bypass valve, like a little siding that goes around the meter? No, I don't think they're doing anything that involves a valve or an extra pipe. This is the impression I've got. I don't know. Please, if anybody knows, please tell us. But Dizog, <laughs> I work for an F1 team, and I'll show you exactly. Oh no! Exactly. Yes, oh, I will tell you exactly what we're doing. Here you are. So obviously nobody's going to tell us, even if we well, knew. But you are. A, well, <laughs> yeah, we won't mention it. I swear. But they're doing some clever trick to do with designing the exact volume of that bit of pipe, and then the exact volume of that bit of pipe, and then the curvature of that bit, and maybe the flexibility of those walls there, mm. so that if they increase the fuel flow from the pump. A certain amount it yeah. will keep it just below the acceptable metered level yeah but further down the line they get more benefit than they're supposed to uh, because of the way the pressure saying. i'm just saying they're doing something really clever with basically pressure waves yeah, yeah. in a liquid yeah. that is being pumped around the engine i get you and you're they're relying on that benefit. lag to be able to increase it if you withdraw it quick enough you'll increase it it's very short burst I yeah, don't yeah. Know, something interesting it's, it's something, something like, like, like that. that it's ramjet it's, it's, i like the way that the fia thus far has just said uh, we've just reminded all the teams that there's some fuel flow regulations and, you know, just <clears throat> just, <clears throat> just reminding you. They've not said, you're cheating. You lot are cheating. Stop it. Presumably this is maybe it? Maybe it's so God subtle and so that. clever. Yeah. They can't quite prove it at the moment. So they just wow. cleared their throats. And yeah, and I, 
Just remember. And I think that reminder or that little notice, it's just a reminder that the regulation doesn't just say that, as I understand it, you've got to stay within those metered usage, but also if you're coming up with something clever to get around the metering to provide the effect of more flow, then that's against the regulations as well. Do you remember how we had all those J-gates and, what do we call them, F-ducts rather, F-ducts, where drivers... J-gates is a thing that used to be on jacks. (laughs) Yes, 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 you're right. You're right, confusing both. Did any F1 cars have that well, there was a, the, put in D and then there was a J damper, wasn't there? That's what it was. But oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but yeah, the yeah. but the F duct, you know, we had drivers yeah. having to cover holes and mm. move their heads and yeah. use their elbows and their knees and everything. I bet manner and managing their fuel flow thing in the same way as well, right? You know, the driver drink they bottle. Got yeah. Yeah. It's like siphoning the fuel out of an old Ford Escort. He'll be sucking, yeah. getting a mouthful yeah. of fuel and squirting it in at key points past the valve like that. Check the manner driver's breath. I reckon. Well, I honestly don't think that F1 even cares. Manor could be running a V8. Oh, they could care. be. They've got nitrous going on back there. They're not on the telly. Who's going to know? Yeah, yeah, also, yeah. on that note, have Sauber upset someone in Formula One? Because they're not appearing on the telly they very know. much, are they? Don't you think? Yeah. They're just not. You yeah, never see them. They did or is it because we're all together. expecting that rather nice-looking grey car and then it turns out it's that awful-looking blue and yellow <laughs> one? But I, even so, you don't see it, thankfully. I saw two shots, I think, of Sauber. Like, I can remember seeing a couple of shots. Yeah, that might be it. It's odd, isn't it? Are they doing that badly or are they just... But the McLarens do pretty badly and that fetches up on telly quite a lot. But you never hear radio stuff from them. You never see stuff. I don't know what they've done. Must have said something or something like that and they've upset them. Yeah. Some legal thing. I, don't know I think the trouble is they're banging in the middle of the field, and it's like being the middle child, isn't it? You're ignored. Maybe completely ignored. You'll see what's going on at the top end. You'll see all the disasters at the mm. back. But if you have a perfectly mm. legitimate race in the middle with not much going yeah, on, it's true, you're going to yeah. get ignored. You don't see the Force Indias very much either. No, are they running this year? I'm not there you go. Sure. See, yeah, I don't know. I wonder whether the Sauber thing though is is Manisha Kaltenbaum with her incredible legal skills has negotiated <laughs> a watertight contract for them to appear more on TV. That's I now only turned out. That. They only appear on Guido van der Gaard's TV. That's, that's it. You nailed it. That's it. You see, Richard, with his astute observations, has understood Formula One in a way that the rest of us have missed again. Richard, thank you. Thank you. Zog, thank you. Thank you. We're going to leave you with a song. Here's one. I'm not entirely certain who this is. What did you call it? New Jack Swing earlier on, Richard. Is that right? I think I know what New Jack Swing is. Yeah. But it probably isn't because that was like Bobby Brown, uh, yeah. new edition. Well, I'm not sure, but it was conceived as Kanye East if that gives you a clue. And it's a song about Lewis. Actually, it's about Lewis in the past. There was a moment in time where Lewis really annoyed the hell out of us for one reason or other, mainly talking about religion and being miserable at the same point. So this is a snapshot of that moment. It's called, Well, Lewis, see ya. Slow down.
Theological doctrine is no replacement for wind tunnel data and engine displacement. Don't let belief define your defiance. Don't rely on prayer. Depend on science. Word. And that's the other thing that constantly bothers me. If you're from the home counties, why do you speak like a homie? You're not sourdough, you're more bruschetta and prosecco. But you speak like you grew up in the ghetto. I'm getting worried you're the new Michael Jackson, but a lot more brush with an American accent. So, Lewis, here's my pitch. Stay true to your roots, you come from Stephen H. Word. You're still the truest. Cause me, brother. We love you, Lewis. We love it when you're racing. We'll take you as you are. We're just teasing. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter. Or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>